And welcome to the Georgia Tech Sports Blog Podcast, show number four. It's mid-August, folks, and football season is approaching. However, it's not approaching fast enough. Uh, We have got a great show for you to hear today, and I, I say we because... You don't have to just listen to me banter and try to be witty all by myself here, uh, which is hard enough as it is. I brought along a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Brian, lives in the St. Louis area. He's going to join us in just a minute, and we're going to talk some Georgia Tech football, um, and I think you'll find that interesting and uh, and fun. So what we're going to do now is, uh, hey, by the way, how did, how did you like that intro? Uh, a little bit different flavor on the Ramblin' Rex song for sure. Uh, before we jump in with Brian and talk football, uh, if you remember a couple of podcasts ago, we had a, a little uh, audio clip from Jarrett Jack uh, looking for pizza places in Portland. Well, now he's looking for something a little different. I think this one's haircutting, which I never really understood since the guy's bald. But hey, you know, wh- whatever it takes to get people interested. Take a listen. Hi, this is Martel Webster. And I'm Jared Jack. And we're those two new rookies on the Trailblazers. Since we're both new to town, we're kind of lost when it comes to everyday stuff. So who better to ask than you, native Portlanders? So here's what we did. We had this cool web guy at the Trailblazers office set up one of those email gigs on blazers.com. That way, you can send us your take on where to go, what to see, and what one of those bridges we take to get there. Okay. Now this week, we're looking for a good place to get our hair cut. Yeah, not one of those fancy places. Just a good old-fashioned barber. To help Martell and Jarrett find a good local barber, visit the Rookie's Guide to Portland on Blazers.com. And if we don't see you around town, then we'd love to see you at a game. And to help guide Martell and Jarrett around the basketball court, get your tickets now by calling 503-797-9600. That's 503-797-9600. And welcome. Uh, We've got a new segment here. I uh, got one of my buddies tagging along. Uh, his name is Brian, fellow Georgia Tech grad, uh, back back from the early 90s uh, as well. So went through the glory years of the 1990 national championship season. How you doing today, Brian? Great, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I uh, thought it would be a good idea to uh, bring in somebody uh, who had possibly even more knowledge than myself uh, and certainly some interesting thoughts and have a little banner back and forth, talk some Georgia Tech football. So is you ready to do that? I'm ready to do that. I can tell you I don't know more than you, and you can prove that by explaining to me what's going on in the offensive line before we get started here. <laughs> well, okay, if we're going <clears> to <throat> jump right in, then we'll, let's talk about the preseason a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I have not been able to go to practices. I live out of town, so like a lot of people, I read and keep up with things and watch the boards and hear what the coaches have to say. And uh, But I think it's safe to say right now that our offensive line is a bit banged up. People are moving around, uh, shifting. They're trying to figure out uh, how this unit is going to gel. And I'm not sure they're there yet. Uh, you know, we had a first team of uh, Andrew Gardner at left tackle, Matt Rhodes at guard, uh, uh, Tuminello at center, McManus at right guard, and Honeycutt at the tackle spot. But uh, Matt Rhodes goes down with an injury. He, he'll be back before the Auburn game, but, you know, he's missing two, three weeks of uh, getting snaps. Uh, Nate McManus goes down with a minor injury. Jacob Lenowski goes down second string. 
uh, now the shifting gets even more crazy. So, uh, 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 you know, guys like uh, uh, Salira Basirovich, boy, I don't even know if I'll butcher that name or not, uh, he's, he's sliding over to right guard to get snaps there. LaShawn Newberry moves up to first string to take road spots uh, at left guard. There's a lot of shifting going on, and, and what's interesting, there is a lot of underclassmen, a lot of inexperience, and, uh, you know, it's, I mean, Brian, I, I, with offensive linemen, you know, typically you don't want to be playing freshman offensive linemen. You know, it's, would you agree with that? Oh, exactly. You want the redshirt juniors and redshirt seniors, the guy who's bulked up, played a lot, know the playbook. Exactly right. Yeah, I th- you know, it's it's technique and size. I mean, they put these guys through the strength and conditioning programs and everything. And, and uh, But the fact is, we don't have a lot of those upperclassmen. You know, you got Brad Honeycutt, a redshirt senior, and, and Basirovich, redshirt senior. And that's about, <laughs> that's about it. Then you're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Uh, you know, Matt Rhodes, I think, is the only other guy who's had significant snaps, uh, you know, last season. So they're figuring things out. Now, what is interesting is that uh, with some of these recent injuries, if if you believe what you're reading in the media uh, and, and on the boards, then it, it, it's leading you to believe that the move of, of LaShawn Newberry, who, who probably is, is considered the strongest guy on the team, uh, I don't know, he's 310, 320, and he's considered physically the strongest guy on the team. So he's getting first-team snaps, and uh, and Basirovich moves over to right guard, getting snaps at, in, at the, uh, with the first team, and he's playing well. So Gailey has even sort of hinted that, uh, that maybe things are coming together a little bit better with the injury of some of the guys that might have even be, been considered first string before, they're, before they got dinged up. I'm not sure where it's going. I think it's wide open right now, and, uh, you know, it's just try to get as many snaps as possible. Yeah, about, you know what's uh, is, go ahead. <laughs> what's interesting is that when you look at the depth chart in the media guide, at the left tackle position, we have two registered freshmen uh, on the two deep there. Now, I don't know if that'll stay that way, but, but that gets back to what you were saying, is that you definitely want guys who have played, which prompts kind of a crazy thought. I should be able to remember this. But, you know, they always say that you want your best tackle protecting the quarterback's blind spot. Is Reggie right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> I, I don't I, even know. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe Reggie's right-handed, which would mean you would yeah, want... Yeah, so if he's right-handed, that would be his <laughs> blind spot, and you got two redshirt freshmen. Well, uh, I hope they're yeah. good. I hope so, too. Uh, I can detect the note of sarcasm in your voice there. So, <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting <clears throat> is, uh, you know, Gardner ev- evidently has been pretty solid at the left tackle spot. You're right. you got A.J. Smith, another redshirt freshman, uh, Cordero Howard, uh, a true freshman, and I think he may have even slid over into the guard spot for a little bit. And then news mm-hmm. this week that Jason Hill, who's been on the defensive line, is swapping over, and he's going to he's going to be groomed for the offensive line. So, um, you know, coach's rule is uh, if the defense wants him and the offense wants him, then the defense gets him. Um, you know, <laughs> but right <laughs> right now, I think the depth is stronger, and the and the experience is stronger on the defensive line. So uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah, the offense absolutely. is getting thrown thrown a bone there. Mm-hmm. How about the quarterback position? What do you, what do you think about uh, where the quarterback position stands? 
Well, I got to tell you, I think you hit it on the head in your last podcast when you said that the key with Reggie was when he knew that he had a little competition behind him. Uh, I think that's going to be a big key for him this year is knowing that they've got a guy who, who's ready to play behind him. Uh, and I think we're all hoping that this is the year that Reggie puts it all together. We've all heard the Joe Hamilton analogies that it took Joe a while to get it together, and then he turned out to be one of the best in tech history. And I think we're all hoping that's what happens with Reggie this year because uh, we certainly don't want to have any you know, repeats of the games like the game we had against uh, uh, Miami last year. But when you think about the Miami game, the thing you think about is that we didn't have P.J. Daniels, which gets you back to the fact that, you know, it's a team game, and there's only so much Reggie can do himself. But the good news is he's got help. I mean, arguably, uh, C.J.'s the best wide receiver Tech's ever had. Arguably, P.J.'s our best back since Dorsey Levens, maybe better than Dorsey, I don't know. So, you know, you want to hope for the best with Reggie, but then you think about, you know, the Virginia Tech game last year, or that, God forbid, that fourth down against UGA last year. But I, I'm, I'm hoping he put all that behind him, and, and we'll see the real Reggie this year. Yeah, you know, I was uh, checking out uh, notes on today's scrimmage. Um, it's uh, Wednesday, uh, August 17th, and uh, he went 9 for 12. He had 158 yards. He threw a couple of, touch- I think, three touchdowns, uh, two of them to Calvin Johnson. He did have an interception, but, uh, you know, he's he seems to be coming around. But, again, let's remember his true freshman year, he dazzled everybody with his leadership ability in, in preseason practice, and he took that starting job from people who had been in the program. And, uh, yeah, so and after a shaky start against BYU, he more than got the job done against Auburn. Yeah, and, and so it, it goes back to the same thing. What matters the most is what you do in games, not in preseason. Uh, the big, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, when you think about it, we went through the entire year last year without a, really a backup quarterback. You, you think about it, yeah. Taylor Bennett was, I mean, he was the only real backup we had, and they didn't want to burn his red shirt. So we basically went through the whole season mm-hmm. with Reggie Ball. Every time Reggie Ball walked off the field holding an arm, he was back in there mm-hmm. one play later, and they'd throw in, you know, DeWan Landry, they'd throw in Bilbo, just someone mm-hmm. to get, get him well enough so that he could... Uh, uh, you know, uh, get back in and play. But this year, Bennett is there to push him. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah, but you do make a good point when you talk about him walking off the field with, a, with an arm or whatever, that he was pretty tough. I mean, he's gotten through two years, and, and I don't think he's missed a start due to injury. I think he came out of that uh, humanitarian bowl, or whatever they call the Boise Bowl now, I think in the second half, if he got dinged and I think he came out of the, the Georgia game his freshman year, but I think there was some confusion as to whether he came out because he got hurt or goodness knows what. But, yeah, he's definitely been durable. you got to give him credit for that. Oh, I, I don't think you can question his toughness. Uh, the, the kid is absolutely tough. He's got grit. I still remember that hit he laid on that guy from Georgia, you know, uh, on the sideline instead of going out of bounds. I mean, and then standing mm-hmm. over the kid. Um, he, mm-hmm. he has got some moxie to him you know he's got some grit but uh, uh, it, it to me it all comes down to minimizing mistakes it doesn't even come down to making big plays it just comes down to minimizing the mistakes yeah the sacks and the interceptions are exactly right uh, the one thing you also have to give him credit for is he's very good on the design rollouts and on the design draws yeah, you know, I hope I hope this year that uh, the offensive line can give him 
the time he needs to set up in the pocket enough because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're right. He is good on those design rollouts, but, you know, anytime you're on the move, your accuracy goes down and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Although that mm -hmm. tends to be better at times for Reggie because he's a short guy. He has a tough time seeing over the line, you know, at times. Yeah. So getting him out sometimes, I guess, gives him a clear field. But, uh, but, boy, when he's flushed out of the pocket on a not-a-designed rollout, you know, that's when things sometimes get interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You know, well, one other thing about the lineup that I wonder, looking at the depth chart, is, is who is going to be our punt returner this year? Or a, a cynic might say, who's going to be the guy for Tech who, who uh, mishandles a punt in a big situation in a close game? Oh, oh, that hurts, Brian. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, but you know it's true. <laughs> um, We've been watching for almost 20 years, and, and <laughs> we'd be lying if we said that didn't happen. Oh, boy. Uh, I could tell you that, uh, that the guys trying out for that position, I think, are uh, uh, Patrick Clark, James Johnson, uh, Jake Blackwood. Not Jake Blackwood. Did I say Jake Blackwood? Uh, Rashawn Grant. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe I'm thinking Steve Blackwood. Uh, I, I wrote a note to myself here, and maybe I'm getting it wrong, but but it's undecided. Just same with kickoff returns. Even though Kenny Scott seems to, you know, he he was kind of the guy, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but he got hurt a little bit last year. But he was the guy his freshman year. Uh, you know, guys like Tashar Choice are even getting uh, some snaps mm -hmm. uh, for kickoffs. So I think it's up in the air mm -hmm. on who's going to return kicks. Uh, but Patrick Clark, you remember? <laughs> I remember one quote from uh, Chan Gailey basically saying, um, you know, he, he would catch the ball on punts last year, and he, he would take, you know, he, this wasn't Chan Gailey's words, but these are my exaggerated mm -hmm. characterizations of his words. He'd take five minutes to figure out what he was going to do, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, and so now it's secure the ball and get moving upfield, and uh, and and mm -hmm. supposedly. Patrick Clark is like night and day in terms of his progress from last year to this year, so much so that I think he's become the number one guy for that slot receiver position when we go to a three-receiver set. He's the number one guy in that slot position right now. <laughs> so that's strong. Yeah, and wide receiver is a position strength for us this year, too. Yeah, you know, that's, that is. I mean, we could sit here and talk forever about Calvin Johnson. I, I don't think anything needs to really be said about him. I mean, he's, he is amazing. He's the truth. And uh, he, he's going to be Calvin Johnson. I don't see any sophomore slump coming there. The question is, who's going to step up behind him? And, and I think, you know, is this the final is this the year that Bilbo, that Demarius Bilbo, really steps up and shines? Yeah, at 6'3 and 220, you sure hope he does, because he's certainly got all the tools. Uh, it'd be a great one if he does. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, other guys like Pat, Patrick Clark, Chris Dunlap, I think the last couple days has stepped up a little bit more. James Johnson was very impressive in the spring. And uh, so he, he looks to get a role. There's questions. Will, will Xavier McGuire, who's been in the program for a while now, and Chris Dunlap, are those guys going to step it up? Uh, and, and the freshmen, are, the true freshmen, are impressing. Greg Smith out of the Atlanta area and Martin Frierson, a kid who uh, committed to Notre Dame and decided to come to Georgia Tech. Uh, Greg Smith had a very nice scrimmage uh, last weekend. So uh, both those guys looking very impressive and going to push for second and third string. 
Do you think we're ever going to throw the tight end? You know what? I think this might be the year. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> but you know, it seems like every time we do, we have good games. I mean, didn't we yeah. throw to the tight end a handful of times at the uh, at the Champs Bowl last year? I, you know, I don't remember. But what I do remember is that Reggie's first year, I think that uh, that uh, John Paul Fasci, who my buddy Lenny used to call the Pontiff, uh, John Paul Fasci was a big part of Reggie's success because uh, it seemed like whenever he uh, needed a, a short completion, he was right there for him. Yeah, and you know the. Um that the tight end battle is one of the uh, it's one of the positions that is truly up for grabs right now. You got you got uh, a couple of redshirt juniors, Michael Matthews and George Cooper, battling it out for that first string, and then a true freshman has stepped up and is and is basically uh, made a statement, uh, and that's Colin Peak. This kid is looking impressive. He's physically ready for the college level. I mean, the kid is big, and uh, he's catching passes. He's catching passes out there, and and he's solidly in the number three spot. And Gailey's so much as said he he's going to play this year, you know. So I I think our tight end uh, position is looking pretty good. And and if we'll just use it uh, as a dump off, a safety valve every once in a while, um, I think it can be a great weapon. But that's assuming that the offensive line progresses, because if it doesn't, then uh, he may have to stay in a block all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, what do you think about the uh, the depth at the at the tailback position? Uh, I think you got to be excited about that if you're a Tech fan. I mean, like I said before, PJ Daniels is arguably the best Tech back since uh, Dorsey Levens. Uh, if we believe the hype about Deshard Choice, he might be almost as good. And then I think that when we saw Chris Woods and Rashawn Grant last year, they certainly played well when they were healthy. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's uh, coach. Coach Gailey characterizes those four guys uh, in two different ways. You got P.J. Daniels and Tashard Choice as sort of the physical backs. They're both in the you know five eleven, two ten to two twenty range. They're the kind of hit the guy, hit the hit the hole hard and break the first tackle. And then Woods and Grant are what Gailey calls dip and dart guys. You know, guys who just are are fast, elusive, they avoid the tackles instead of going for the hit kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely the nice mix of talent you want at running back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's this ought to be a fun year. It ought to be one of the first years ever we can actually end the season with at least one running back healthy. And, and yeah, the don't nice get ahead of yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, you know, the... <laughs> Listen, listen. The fifth guy, the fifth guy is Drew Gauss, uh, who also played on the Tech baseball team sparingly this past season. A redshirt mm-hmm. freshman. He's he's kind of, uh, I think people refer to him as sort of a bowling ball type of a of a guy. Uh, but he's looking uh, pretty impressive. I think he had you know ten carries for forty something yards at one of the scrimmages recently. So just just a lot of competition there, and that's a good thing. I think I think that's one of the areas, at least for now, where where coach is breathing easy. Because of course, coach is a uh, you know his philosophy is run the ball, stop the run, control the clock. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, and we yeah, ought to be able to do that if the offensive line's healthy. Yeah, and that so that sets up well. Um, let's move on and let's talk a little bit about the point spread. Uh, Danny Sheridan's odds just came out recently. He's, he's uh, uh, placed Auburn as a seven-point favorite. Uh, what do you What do you think? You think that's the right number? 
You know, if I weren't a tech fan, I think that's probably where I'd put that game. Because I think the common perception among college football fans is that an SEC school, and I'm not saying I believe this, but I'm saying the common perception among college football fans and bookies would be that you'd expect Auburn, the SEC school, to have a little bit better talent than us. And even though they lost the big backfield last year, they probably think that the, the talent on the rest of the team is probably a little better than our talent. Now, I obviously think we've got a shot because I've got my gold-colored glasses on. But, uh, but I, I think from a Las Vegas perspective, that line is probably about where I expected it to be. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, although I, I, I don't think the SEC thing, my, my opinion, I don't think that plays as much, but here's a team that's won 16 ball games in a row. Good point. Uh, uh, they, they are fast on defense, and, and they have some really good players and some key positions like defensive end and, and offensive line and... And uh, yeah, they got a new quarterback. They're breaking in, and they got new running backs. They're breaking in. Um, but um, I, I think seven points is fair. It's a road game too, so you know I I think that's a fair number. I'd I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. But let's. Uh, and one thing I do like is a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Brian. One thing about that game I do like as a Tech fan is that a quarterback, and I don't know anything about him, he may be a hell of a player, but I love the idea of a quarterback making his first start effort against the John Tenuta defense. Yeah, you got to like that. In, in fact, you know, honestly, John Tenuta to some degree has to be salivating uh, because of all the new quarterbacks in the ACC. I mean, if there has got to be the probably the weakest position in the ACC, it's quarterback. I mean... Here's here's a conference that graduated three seniors who who at quarterback who didn't even so much as get a sniff at the NFL. I mean, you had uh, I don't remember you had the guy at Miami, um, can't remember his name. You had Darian Durant. Brock Berlin. Uh, Brock Berlin. You had Darian Durant at uh, North Carolina, and um, maybe it was the uh, the guy at uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, the quarterback. Brian player. Randall, ACC yeah. MVP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, ACC MVP, and and you know, not not much NFL interest in any of those guys, and just about every team in the ACC has got a quarterback controversy. So you got to think John Tenuta and the defense, they're they're licking their chops for a lot of these games. You talking about the quarterbacks reminds me of your last uh, podcast when you talked about uh, the ACC in general. And I just want to amplify one point you made. I am also very glad that we're not going to see that dreadful Clemson-Bizarro offense where they got in the shotgun and walked it up every time. That drove me crazy. You know, I just, every time I see that, I think, I, you know, I'm a big guy, okay? So I, I, I can relate to some degree, maybe to offensive line, to, to crouching in a stance. These guys go up there and they crouch in a stance for like 30-plus seconds every play. And to me, that's got to wear on you. It has got to. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. And of course, I haven't played, you know, college football, so so I'm I'm not going to say for sure. But you know, it, and then it obviously limits your running game. It puts a huge burden on your passing game. And you know, PJ Daniels would not be that effective in a primarily shotgun formation because he's a guy who needs a seven yard seven eight ten yards running start with the ball you know just to hand it to him and to start from scratch he's he's not going to be the same pj daniels good point yeah well let's move on now Let, let's just talk briefly about uh, 
you know, there was an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, last week, I think it was, about all the position switching that goes on at Georgia Tech. And while it goes on at, at all schools, and, and it's a very common thing, uh, it seems to be particularly uh, uh, common at Georgia Tech. And just to give some examples, just this week, uh, I think he's a walk-on, Alex Paquette, came in as a tight end. He's moving over to de- the defensive end position. Jason Hill, who's been working on the defensive line this week, moves over to the offensive line to begin, you know, eating burgers and bulking up there. Chris Reese starts off his career at safety, plays very well there, moves to linebacker, honorable mention ACC. This year he's back to his strong safety position. Jarris Wilkinson, This will be the first year in his career at Georgia Tech he's played the same position. Starts out at linebacker, moves to defensive end, and now he's back to linebacker. A.J. Smith, who's grooming to be an offensive lineman, started off in in the defensive line. Uh, Anthony Barnes, freshman, came in as a safety. He just got moved to linebacker. His coach says, well, you know, that's what his body's going to grow into, so we might as well get him going. Uh, Mansfield Rado plays on the defensive line. Moves to the offensive line in spring and then moves back to the defensive line after the loss of Travis Parker to academics and Daryl Richard to injury. Uh, Even though Coach admits his future in the NFL is on the offensive line, but the team needs him on the defense, and so that's where he's going to be, and and that's what he wants to do because he wants to help the team. Patrick Carter, who's left the team now, came in as a quarterback. They move him to wide receiver. Demarius Bilbo came in as a quarterback, move him to wide receiver. Dewan Landry came in as a quarterback, move him to, to defensive back. I mean, we all know the Tony Hollings story, and may, maybe Coach doesn't get as much credit for that one, but uh, nevertheless, Hollings came to him and said, I think I can run the ball, and he gave him a shot. Uh, Michael Johnson, a highly touted tight end in high school, moved to the defensive end. LaShawn Newberry starting off at defense on the defensive side of the ball, moving to offense. Uh, our, our buddy Ace uh, Azimafe, uh running back and now a fullback, and he's gained weight to play that position. The whole offensive line has shifted around to fill in gaps. Um, do, do you think this is a good thing, Brian? Do you think this is uh, uh, the right way to run a program? Well, I think if you assume that Shan Gailey knows what he's doing, if you assume that, that based on all his college and pro coaching experience that, that he knows how to, to put people in the right place, it's probably a good thing. But I think the thing that I can't get past when I think about uh, you know moving people around is, is depth issues. And, and we've had some depth issues. We all remember all the guys who flunked out a couple of years ago. I mean, imagine what, uh, what happened to a lot of teams if they suddenly lost 10 scholarships out of the blue. Uh, I think those kind of things kind of force you to, to make moves uh, like the ones we've had to make. But I think the good news is that when I look at especially the defense, I feel really good about the, well, how the defense looks right now. Good to have Reese back at safety. I think he's going to end up being one of my all-time favorite tech players. Uh, I think one thing people forget about him is that in that Clemson game we won last year, uh, CJ appropriately gets all the attention for that. But if Reese doesn't knock the ball out uh, when Clemson's running on third down and, and force a fumble that moves the ball back and put them in a punting situation, they're never in that punting situation. They never blow the punt, and uh, we're never able to get CJ the ball and win the game with 11 seconds left. Uh, and then yeah. obviously it's good to have uh, Rado back on the defensive line, a huge run stopper at 310 pounds. So, yeah, I don't know what to say, except that I, I, I'm going to assume Chan knows what he's doing based on his experience. 
You know, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, you. You have to trust the guy. The guy has had uh, NFL and college coaching experience, and, and he knows what's best. He recognizes talent. There was a quote from him, and he basically said, well, I'll just read the quote. You just get a feel through years of experience where a guy might be the best. I don't claim to be any kind of seer. It's just a feel you get. Uh, I, you know, I, I trust them to make those decisions. But here, here's what I, I think you hit on a good point. Here's what I like, I, I, or I don't like. I don't like it when a guy moves on a position to fill in a gap where we lack depth because of injuries or academics or for whatever reason, just not recruiting mm-hmm. well, whatever. What I do like is when a guy, and the Rado example is there. I, I want to see Rado on the offensive line. I don't want to see him on the defensive line uh, because that's where he is going to have his best future, which means he can develop there. Uh, but he's needed on the defensive line because of some weakness there. What I do like is the Chris Reese move. He, here's a guy, anywhere you put him on the field, he's going to play well. And safety is his natural position. Why is he moving this year? He's moving because of the emergence of Philip Wheeler as, as a monster in the linebacker position. So it, it allows him to move back to his natural position. So that's the kind of move I like, uh, which just makes a lot of sense, I guess. Good point. Um, okay, let's let's move on now, and let's talk a little bit about the expectations for this season. Um, a lot has been written, a lot has been said about uh, you know what what will be considered a successful season. What what at the end of the year can Tech fans look and say, you know, we had a good year this year. Uh, is it a, just a bowl game? Is it a certain number of wins? Uh, what, what do you think? Where, where do you chime in on this one? You know, here's the problem, Scott. This could arguably be uh, the most talented Tech team since maybe 1998 or 1990. I mean, our defense is certainly better than the 98 team's defense. And we already went through the talent we've got at running back and wide receiver. So if the offensive line comes together, this could be one of the best Tech teams of the last 15 or 20 years. Now, having said that, it could also finish 6-5. and five. Uh, And I say that because I really don't know how many teams would be favored uh, to win road games at Virginia, at Virginia Tech, at Miami, and at Auburn. That's just a tough road to hoe. And then we've still got uh, Clemson at home, who we always struggle against and we always play tough games against. And we've also got Georgia at home. And obviously we've won, what, three times in the last eight years against them. So a really tough schedule. You know, the thing I wondered when you were talking about Andrew Sheridan and his line on the uh, uh, Auburn game was if he had an over-under out for Tech this year. Because if, if I wasn't a Tech fan and I was sitting in Las Vegas, it would be real easy for me to, to put an over-under number of, of five and a half. Because, you, you know, in, in a lot of ways you could look at the season and just say it's a crapshoot. You know, really talented team. If they get some breaks and come together, they could make a great run. Uh, on the other hand, you could say really talented team breaking a new offensive lineman, playing a brutal schedule, and you could you could pencil in four or five wins. Now, obviously, I, I would tend to think that we can probably get six or seven wins because the one thing we know is that it seems like every year we have a habit of, of pulling out a game that we shouldn't win, or maybe not that we shouldn't win, but that people don't expect us to win. Now, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, now the flip side of that coin is we also have a habit of blowing a game that everyone in the world thinks we're going to win. But having said all that, I would think 
that we're going to win either six or seven games this year. Now, what's interesting about that, of course, is that Dave Brain threw down the gauntlet last year and said he needed to see significant improvement. In my mind, it could be a significantly improved team uh, and still only win six games and end up at the Humanitarian Bowl again, or whatever they're calling the Boise Bowl now. But, you know, the other thing to keep in mind, uh, Scott, is that when you look at what George O'Leary and what Bobby Ross did when they were at Tech, in both cases, the break for the year was year four. Uh, O'Leary's fourth year, 1998, we go 10-2, and beat Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. Uh, and obviously Bobby Ross's fourth year, uh, you know, he sort of broke through the year before that when we went from 3-8 and eight to 7-4. and four. But his fourth year is the year we go 11-0-1 and beat Nebraska in the Citrus Bowl. So I kind of have this feeling that it seems like with recent tech coaches that if they're going to do it, they're going to do it in the fourth year uh, or sooner. Well, you know, I, I think you make a lot of good points. Uh, you know, for me... Um, Winning seven games again, uh, in my mind, including the bowl game, will be progress. Is it going to be as much progress as I would like to see? Uh, Maybe not. But I think winning seven games, including a bowl, would be progress, considering all the factors you brought into play. Now, in my mind, here's the key to the season. Um, You know, Coach Gailey has run the ball, play, play defense, and control the clock stop the run. In my mind, the defense is not going to be the make or break for this team. In my mind, this defense is going to keep us in virtually every game. Because to some degree, they did that last year. A few few, uh, weaknesses here or there. I think they're going to keep us in every game. Or they have the potential to do that. So for me, the difference between five wins and eight wins comes down to the offense, not the defense. It's going to come down to, does the offensive line gel? Can Reggie Ball take that next step like Joe Hamilton did? And can we not turn the ball over? And I'll tell you, in my mind, I've said it before and I'll say it again, turnovers are going to be directly proportional to wins and losses. They always are at every level of the game. So every time we turn the ball over, every time there's a fumble, every time there's an interception, that is an absolute cringe moment for Tech fans. So if we can hang on to the ball, uh, then I think our defense is going to keep us in it. If we can utilize our weapons like Calvin Johnson, if P.J. Daniels can stay healthy, I think we can, ha- I think we can win nine games. It can be a great year. The, the possibilities are there. Uh, but a lot has to happen. And, and health, oh, believe me, health is a, is a big factor here uh, because there are places where we don't have depth. So some key injuries and, uh, and all bets are off. But uh, in my mind, it's the offense that's going to make the difference. Well, Brian, you got any uh, last parting shots? You excited? No. You, you, you're, you, are you pumped up about the season? I am. August is the longest month of the year. Well, I'm excited. I think we're all excited. There's a lot to be excited about. And, uh, of course, before the, you you got to play the games, and that, that's what's fun. So until the next uh, podcast, uh, we're signing out. And uh, appreciate, Brian, for you being here. Hopefully this has added a new element uh, to the discussion and uh, made it more interesting for fans. So thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you. And Tech is acting like they might score 150. They are just absolutely dissecting our defense. Tech is just marching this thing down the field like we were Wake Forest or Maryland or somebody. 
Peck's offense at this moment is brilliant to watch. All right, Scott here again, by myself here again. I'm going to leave you with something to get you a little pumped up, a little bit excited, a little bit uh, anxious for football season here. A little something I put together, a few highlights from last season uh, laid over the top of a track. Uh, hopefully you'll find this uh, get you motivated and uh, get you excited. So here you go, a little treat for you.
Let's see this guy, Reggie Ball. And he was called out. I, I say there was a shot across his bow this week because they took a true freshman quarterback in Taylor Bennett and said, you're the number two. Get ready. You may be in there this week. And that had to get the Reggie Thompson. Yeah, talk to Patrick Lake, offensive coordinator for uh, Georgia Tech. And if he, if he has struggled in the first half, he doesn't look sharp. They're going to use Taylor Bennett. The true freshman goes last year. Reggie Ball was a true freshman. And it was the ACC rookie of the year. If there's one thing he's going to have to do differently in this football game against Auburn, I think he's going to have to stretch the field, get the ball down the field. That's what they're going to start out doing by passing and looking deep, going for it all, open at the 20, the 15, and all the way down to the 10. Nick Curry on the reception. Yes, from all of our crew, we thank you for joining us here, and they'll be talking about this one for a while. Because Georgia Tech has just upset Auburn as they run off the final seven seconds, 17-3. That's what makes college football great. I mean, that's why they play these games. And Reggie Ball, a true freshman, pulls off the upset. Well, that hot action calls for ice-cold Coca-Cola. At Georgia Tech, we've served Coke to our players after practice periods and during the halftime break in ball games for several years now. We found that Coca-Cola gives the boys real refreshment, a little bit of quick, pure energy that's mighty welcome. That goes for the coaching staff, too. 